Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good afternoon to you. This is The Call. Really nice to be here with you. I'm Nadine Blaney. We will be covering 10 stocks. Actually, we've got a bit of a bonus to start with my two expert guests all in the course of an hour. So we better get going, shan't we? We've got Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena here with us in studio. Also, Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you both. Okay, let's get right to it. These are the companies we'll be speaking of. Yan Cole, A2 Milk, the BetaShares Australian High Interest Cash ETF, E-Road, and Collins Food. But as per usual, we start with the stock of the day. And look, I picked Polynovo because it is one of the best performers today, adding to yesterday's stellar performance after telling the market that U.S. sales for the first two years were up 85% to close to $11 million. The chairman said that while the sales increase was lumpy and off a low base, he's calling it breathtaking. And at the same time, the same of what he's seen in the past three years. So. Polynovo was the early pick, and then ProMedicus came to the fore. They have announced a $140 million 10-year deal with a entity, a nonprofit in Texas. And so, Rudy and Philip Pepe, I just thought we should have a P theme today. <laughs> and I am putting you both under pressure. And we will, I suppose, start by talking about the original pick, Polynovo, that's on the screen right now to get your view. Polynovo, so this was yesterday's news, sales going well, on a tear. Do you like the company? It's interesting that they chose to put out a two-month trading update late in September. They will put out a quarterly update in a few days' time. So why not wait? I mean, oh, surely okay. you've got the September data. So it's great they've got news. They want to yell it from the rooftops, but you're putting out an ASX release in a few days' time, and maybe it's continuous disclosure. Maybe they have to. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But a sort of out of cycle announcement um, that was a positive that they wouldn't normally do. I'm cynical by nature, so I'm wondering what's the real motivation behind it. Let's just mm. say it's genuine good news. Let's get it out there. Mm. September better be good, yeah, uh, at least as good, 80 percent plus good. Yeah. Or you've just given us the good news, and then guess what? It was just a pull forward of sales, and we got nothing in September, and mm. the quarter was actually soft. So um, it's interesting. It is on a lazy. 98 times PE, it, it has an E, so that's a positive apparently according to consensus data. Um, it's um, it's well off its highs, uh, just off its lows, so it's bouncing. I'm, I'm going to say wait for the full quarterly result rather than trade off a two-month update because I'm mm. cynical. So I'm going to call it a hold, um, soft sell, but I'll call it a hold just because I'm cynical. Ooh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Rudy, I, heard, I could I hear heard, you heard, saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. I heard, uh-huh. I heard soft sell, yes. <laughs> um, let, let's throw in another P, price earnings ratio. I mean, 98 there, I, I had a look this morning. I, I have them on more than 1,000. Okay. Um, just shows you that, um, I mean, data. You can find the data whenever you want to. But neither 98 or 1,000 is ne- by necessary uh, indicating that it's expensive. Um, because that's a very unintelligent use of the price earnings ratio. I actually think you can you can give them the benefit of the doubt here, but I do share uh, some of the comments that, uh, that that Philip is making. What we have to realize is that this is a very small company, so the growth looks impressive, but they by the by, by their own messaging indicate we come from nothing. Yeah, and that's the main, that's how these things work. Yeah? So this could potentially become one of those uh, success stories in the local healthcare sector. We have a few candidates for that. Um, but because it's such a small company, there is absolutely no guarantees. Yeah? And there will, 
there's only one guarantee that you can you can almost put forward is they will stumble at some point. It's, it's just going to happen because they are a small company. They come from nowhere, and and little things make big differences. So, I personally think also because where the share price is um, and it. <laughs> Not near their highs is a euphemism. Um, it's much closer to the bottom than from, from recent. Uh, I think you can give them the benefit of the doubt, but you have to do that with with the right sense of of, of risk assessment. So you definitely don't make this a big a big uh, um, holding in your portfolio. Just one of those places, maybe in your portfolio, a few percentages here or whatever. Just to have one of those stocks that that potentially that could blow up, that could blow yeah. up and and double and double again if they do things right. But there will be volatility along the way. So is this a Rudy Specky buy? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so I have to though compare and contrast, I suppose, with Prometicus at ah, today. Yeah. So this is a major contract. This is a ten-year contract. It says that there could be potential further upside to this contract. Shares are up by close to ten percent. I mean, Prometicus Com- is not setting a foot wrong. Complete correct? different proposition. Same yeah. sector. If we put it on the healthcare, yeah, medical healthcare. Yes, but a complete different proposition. Um, as I tweeted this morning. When you're in finance, there's only a few, few guarantees in finance. Shares will go up and down, and Prometheus will announce a new contract. And that's exactly what they did. So this is the largest to date. Um, this is also the reason why this is one of the better performing um, stocks on the share market. Despite uh, rising bond yields, despite potential for recessions, despite the healthcare sector going sideways for three years globally, um, the market is just really caught on with confidence on this on this story. Is um, it too expensive to buy, though? You know what? This stock is always too expensive to buy. And you and like paying for quality. Exactly. So, <laughs> what you do with those stocks is you don't buy them all day like today because I mean, you don't buy them in the rally. But you know what? It's the share market. Crazy things happen. You just wait your time until someone decides. On a, on a given day that all the shares need to go down and Prometics needs to go down as well. And you just give yourself a little bit of a margin of safety. But you know I mean, you can't wait for these stocks to become cheap because when they ever become cheap, that means the growth story is over. That's when you don't want to have them. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't pick Prometicus first instance as the stock of the day yeah. because we just covered it last week oh, on okay. the call. Mm. But. It's to an, that point, a, nothing's really a, changed. No, it is put it you know one foot in front of the other when it comes to Prometicus. Well, it what what has changed is now the valuation goes up because yeah. they have more more revenue now, so they will I mean, and it just adds the advantage of Prometicus is a little bit like CSL. You can make calculations mm-hmm. today, sort of reliably about what their profits will be next year because it, it works at the at at delay. They have the contract today, but the implementation takes a while, so you can you can extra extrapolate that. That's one of the reasons why investors are so confident. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in keeping with the rules of the program, it's not a buy because you'd wait for yeah, a day where the market's being sold off. You don't want strong, to buy it it's when a it's strong up ten percent. Stronghold, I would call it. Stronghold. And you and you do you do ignore short-term volatility yeah. and you take a longer-term view. Thank you. Uh, do you feel this as as passionately about Prometicus uh, as our friend Rudy? Prometicus. Is if you say no, I'm going to call Claude. Call, call, <laughs> call Claude. Hello, Claude. If you're listening, um, Prometicus is going up because it's going up. People keep looking for reasons to buy. It's pushed through another 12-month high. Analysts will upgrade. It's always going to look fair value. Analysts will upgrade. Share price goes up. Analysts will upgrade. So fundamental valuation, throw it out the window. Gosh, you are a cynic, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, it, can, it can do no wrong until it does something wrong. Or That's is there true. something wrong? We don't know. It reminds me a little bit of CSL. Everyone jumped over CSL. Macquarie, everyone jumped over Macquarie until things slow. So no, don't don't buy it today. Um, <laughs> buy it before. And I, I'm going to call it a hold. Don't sell it because you don't no. sell your winners. Mm. And the charters tell me when, when a stock hits a 12-month high or an all-time high, which is what it's done today, that's actually a good thing. Momentum will carry it and momentum works in the share market. I just can't and Also, you look foolish when they announce their next contract. Yeah. So let, let's call it an aggressive hold. Okay. Well, that was That's Philip a strong Pepe. and aggressive hold. Aggressive. Oh, yeah. aggressive and strong hold. There's some new categories happening already. Why would you go anywhere else when this keeps coming up day after day? Philip Pepe, Prometicus, Polynovo. 
Rudy Philippec, Ben Dyke. I just like saying all these P's, Prometicus <laughs> and Polynovo. Perfect. I'll get us on tra <laughs> track. Okay, first one on the list from our viewers. Thank you all for writing in. Tilly has asked for yen coal. Well, today we just had Coronado Coal, big stake being bought by an offshore entity, saying that a uh, bit fed up with the lack of enthusiasm here in Australia for coal stocks. Yen coal, would you, would you buy it? No. Um, look, coal is very tough at the moment, both forms. Um, it's share price, uh, coal prices are heading down, yeah. both thermal and coking. Um, Taxes are going up in Queensland, New South Wales, perhaps not as bad as first thought in New South Wales, more so in Queensland. It's 83% Chinese owned, selling what it produces to China. So you, and it pays a good divvy, but it's, it's China manufacturing for China. Nothing wrong with that. How do you make money if uh, you live and work in Australia? It's cheap. Uh, you hope that eventually it gets taken out because uh, I'm assuming if they're at 83 percent, it's no furb issues. But who knows? Um, 83 might become 100. But if you're already on 83, you're not paying a material premium to get the remaining 17 percent. So if if it ever falls, you'd expect the 83 percent shareholder to say thanks. I'll, I'll take it off your hands at current price. So for that reason, I'm going to call it a hold. Prefer a Whitehaven if if you want uh, if you want a coal stock. Um, but yeah, I'm going to call it a hold. You just Coal, all coal stocks are relatively cheap. I would, um, I prefer Whitehaven. Okay. To be honest. Yeah, I have, a, I have a similar story, but I'm going to put it in a different context. Um, coal stocks are trading on yield. That's that's a very, yeah. very difficult concept for uh, commodity investors to 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 grasp to get their heads around. Um, yes, they're all cheap, but that's because I mean. A lot of investors are pulling out out of that sector because they they can't can't do the fossil fuel end of of, of the spectrum, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's 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 less natural buyers out there. The market's taken the decision, roughly terms that um, big cash flows will go to shareholders, so we, we put them on yield. All the coal stocks are trading on high yields. Um, those yields were higher last year, by the way. That's why the share price are low. So you see the the cash flow is now determining. Um, so you, can I make a forecast on thermal coal? No, but I don't have to, um, because if you if you if you think that you that you, that you're the type of investor who can I mean who's happy with coal, uh, and not everyone is, um, then why would you go for Yan coal? Mm. That would be my question, because as as Philip just said, the whole sector is trading cheaply, and why would you not go for a, a, a Australian-based, Australian-bought, Australian-operated coal miner? With which is much more transparent, and and which is um, much widely more more widely covered by local analysts, mm -hmm. and Yanko is like a duck, ugly duckling somewhere sitting, owned by the Chinese. Why would you go there? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. So if you're in it already, would you hold it or would you sell it and look for exposure elsewhere? Well, you're allowed I, to I, say I, so. I, I would happily switch to, yeah, okay. to one of the Australian-based ones if yeah. if that's if that's your. I mean, honestly, it seems like very common sense uh, information only, not financial advice <laughs> as per usual, folks. All right, let's get to the second stock on the list. And this is the A2 Milk Company. This has been picked by Jack. So um, there's been a bit of news around A2 Milk lately, not just with, um, you know, share price coming under pressure, but also um, Sinlay, even breaking up with Sinlay. Sinlay was out mm. yesterday with results. They're, they're giving up the exclusivity to, yeah. uh, to Sinlay. And that was always coming. I think the market was surprised by the timing of it. Um, and, and, and it's good that you, rem that you remind, because we've, I've been asked in the past multiple times, what do you think of Sinlay? And I've always said, why? Just buy A2 Milk. Yeah. Don't go for the contractor. Yeah? Yeah. These guys are, are in charge. <laughs> But They're still warning on China, you know, they haven't got yes, that China business. Yes, so the, the, one, the, one, the one thing going for them now is they, they, they've had really uh, bad times and the share price is reflecting that. And that's the one thing that you can, um, that would make it more attractive here on the, on the assumption that uh, at some point the, 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 the comparables from the past become more attractive. They probably get to act a little bit more together in China. However, I'm... I'm, I'm I think it's fair to say the good times are over. They've, they've really had spectacular times after they're listed, and mm -hmm. they've actually made some investors mil, mil, millionaires. But that that's over. I mean, now it's 
I thought you were going to say they context? made some investors milk, but millionaires. Uh -huh. Millionaires, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's sort of, I always think of them along with Blackmores, and, you know, there was... There Not was quite a, the same, but well, yes. Well, no, but there was but, a but real yes. sort yes. of um, yes. tailwind. Yes, it's also coming. when A2 Milk came, it was quite new. Yeah. They literally started a new, uh, like, almost like Afterpay, they mm -hmm. started a new sector. And for a while, that is without headwinds, and, and that goes well, but ultimately, without the kicks in. So I think actually you can you can you can you can you can give uh, you you can make it a buy here, on on the presumption that you have a longer term view, okay. three years at least, and over that period, chances are that they probably get get uh, get to act together again. Three years, Rudy. Three years. Who thinks out three years? Isn't uh, that what we're supposed to do? Uh, that's what you're supposed to do. But <laughs> do people do that? Uh, I'm going to call it a sell. Yeah. It, it's it's yesterday's hero. Um, it is. A lot of things have gone wrong for it. Uh, more competition. They were once the market. There's a lot of competition now. I, uh, it, the breaking up with Simla, I think it was a surprise <laughs> to, to Simla, mm. to be frank. Why would you do that now? Milk prices low in New Zealand, quality New Zealand milk. Why would you bring manufacturing in-house? Are people buying Chinese products yeah. for Chinese-grown milk? Or do you like the Aussie New Zealand um, quality component? Uh, I just think it's become more risky where, mm. when a brand starts to insource things. I mean, why not just squeeze your manufacturer, right? Um, they obviously think it's cheaper to, to get... Maybe perhaps they cheaper, tried and yeah. got no and so doing it themselves. So I just think there's more um, more predictable mm. sectors to invest your money in. And I just would be cautious the milk sector mm. altogether, even if it's value-add mm. milk products and mm. it's yesterday's heroes. And mm. if you made money, great. If you're not there now... Uh, it's it's the opposite, <laughs> it's the opposite of Prometica. It's, yes. it's hitting all-time yes. lows. Yes. Uh, don't catch the falling eye. Definitely, definitely, and, definitely uh, true. And, uh, let it let it let it sit. For okay. A while. Well, um, disagreement there, but also a little bit of agreement as well. Okay. The beta shares Aussie high interest cash ETF. So let's talk to two stock guys about mm. an ETF, mm. particularly one in cash. I mean, why wouldn't you just hold cash if you're waiting? Yeah. Well, that's. <laughs> So I'm the type of, of investor who, who regularly has cash in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. And if I don't put it in gold or in, or in an ETF, which I sometimes do, I have it in cash. Depending on the platform on, on which you own or which you run your portfolio, on some platforms, you actually have costs, your incurring costs when you buy and sell an mm -hmm. ETF. So why I'm saying this is, is that on the current platform where I'm running the portfolio, for me, it doesn't make sense to have this ETF. And why is that? Because yes, I have cash. At the moment, I still have quite a lot of cash, but I never know when I'm going to put that in the market. Mm -hmm. And unless I'm really certain that I'm at least six months out or 12 months out, and then this, this product looks really attractive because I buy it once, the money is sitting there and it, it accumulates interest. Mm -hmm. it, but, but, but if I employ my money in three weeks time or in two months time, it probably is not worth it. I might actually incur more costs than I'm getting from this. So, the, so long story short, as an investor in the share market, you have to be careful that you know why you put things in cash and in a product like this and for how long. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that, then maybe you don't want to incur the costs and maybe the benefits are not there. That's all I'm saying. So you sort of, uh you know, told us that sometimes you hold cash, sometimes you invest mm. in gold. Yes. Uh, how do you make the decision on strategy or between well, those two strategies? That's, ob that's obviously that's the assessment you make, where the market sits, yeah. uh, your own view on things. I mean, I, I currently have gold and cash. Well, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> but that was uh, so, I, so I do have both. But so you're quite cashed up. So what's your sense that you'll be looking to deploy that in how long or some of it? There's no horizon. I mean, that's depending on what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I'm, I'm on the lookout. I mean, I, I, I'm still 18%. I mean, so oh, wow. some people think that's a lot. I mean, yeah. talk to me last week. No, I'm here like, oh, maybe I should have more. Yeah, right. Yeah. ResMed. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> uh, what do you think about holding an Aussie high interest cash ETF? I think the clue is in the name. If it is genuinely high, because most people, if you can, you hold cash in the bank. There's all this criticism of Australian banks that you're not actually getting, they charge you on your mortgage rate, but your actual yeah. savings rate, you're perhaps not getting what the market rate should be. They disagree, but that's the cynicism. So uh, whatever, they, whatever they're paying on term deposits, mm. if you can get a better rate in this product post fees, mm. then you should consider it. But then if you're looking at short-term fixed interest investment, which is what this is, 
you should be looking at bonds, um, fixed interest securities hybrids that are paying six, seven percent fully frank. Mm. So um, it depends on a how much should you put in mm. cash, how flexible do you need to be, yeah. what's the better yield post fees, and if it's this one, great. No. Probably not going to be. I um, think I think the advantage of this one is I think they pay out monthly. I think, which yeah. is an advantage of having a fixed interest product. Yeah. There'd have to be somewhere it wouldn't exist. Yes. Um, yeah. As long as their transaction costs aren't material, if they paid a better rate for most people would put in their bank account, then fine. If not, no. keep. What's the point? Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, I hope that helped. That's a bit of strategy, a bit of you know how these long-term market participants mm. would think about you know where you hold your cash and and how you should do so. So thanks for that question. Let's get to the next company on the list. And that is for Alicia, that's E-Road. Uh, E-Road has just announced the completion of a entitlement offer that it did do. I spoke with the CEO when it was announced to criticism because E-Road, or the number that it raised cash at, I'll find it out, slips cents. my mind, 70 cents, when they yeah. knocked back an offer mm, a few months 30. earlier of $1.30. Mm. New Zealand. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, uh, what does that tell you, uh, Philip, about um, strategy at the company? I'm, I'm cynical. So you're not back at dollar thirty Kiwi bid. Um, you raise fifty mil. I'm assuming the share price spike. You can go, thank you. We'll, we'll, uh, but they raise it a fifty percent discount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big, big discount. So I'm guessing share price spikes on the big comes, and they raise it a big discount, and mm. it's now back below the issue price. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call this a sell. Um, raising out of the blues to pay down debt suggests that whatever they told the market beforehand about being comfortable with their debt levels, yeah. perhaps they are no longer It wasn't so to fund some sort of a growth initiative or anything. pay down debt, yeah. um, which tells you, uh, I, I don't know this company, so let me, let me not pretend that I do, but when a company raises out of the blue to pay down debt, they know their forecast earnings better than I do. And if they're watching their debt levels and they're doing a, a, an emergency raise to pay down debt, the earnings probably aren't growing faster than the interest cost was going to raise. So let's let's pay down debt to try and get some sort of um, profit increase mm-hmm. rather than be chewed up. And we're seeing a lot of companies at the moment with the, because it's not just the consumer mortgage, if it's corporates who borrowed and locked in honeymoon rates for three years, three years ago, and now facing material interest rate increases that they refinance, like holy moly, um, let me just still raise and pay down some debt because I don't want the interest rate costs. So for me, announcements out of the blue like that um, make an already speculative stop, stop more unpredictable. So just let's see how they trade for the next six months, operationally, not not share price wise. So I would, uh, well, as the share market's doing, I would sell post the reopen. Hopefully at 70 cents, ideally not below. I think they, um, they misread the market. Uh, and, and I think you can use this stock as an example of how the market has changed. And that's often the most difficult part for investors, that a stock that, because a few years ago, this was very popular. Um, and a lot of people would ask questions about it because this is one of the, I mean, we were in exciting technology times and everything that only smelled like technology was yeah. very popular. Now, dynamics have changed now. One change is investors now demand profits, essentially. Um, this one's not profitable, <laughs> no problem. Um, and that's obviously one of the problems they, they all of a sudden face themselves with. They, they, no doubt management thinks they're doing a great job, growing, you name it, but at the end of the day, there's no profits. So, and then obviously they had a leverage balance sheet. They obviously thought they could get away in the style of two, three years ago, so they would have gotten away like just a little bit of a discount. But the market this time went like, you're not profitable, I mean, you're yeah, going to pay Yeah, but that's just up. poor judgment, right? Yeah, well, exactly. They misread the market, yeah. I mean. Uh, but I also think there's, a, there's, in line with what, what Philip said, there's a message for investors there. If you want to invest in technology, um, I think you either take companies that are profitable, I mean, and you can extend that to the likes of Prometheus, for example, as a technology stock, um, or at least they have the prospect of turning profitable, and then, they, then you go to Megaport, or you go to Ordinate, uh, zero, they should all be quite close to, and the market rewards that. If you're still miles off, you're not going to get too much, uh, too many uh, other investors interested in, in, in your value proposition. I mean, no doubt the stock looks cheap here, but um, they will have to do a lot of uh, mountain climbing to get profitable, and that might take that might take a while. So three um, years. And um, <laughs> they might get there in three years, exactly. So on the three-year horizon, they might actually get there. But 
in the meantime, it may well be that, that you're going to get very frustrated and you have to have a lot of patience for that share price to sustainably move because it moves every day, of course, but um, any, any upside doesn't necessarily stick. So I, I, I would be, yeah, there's, there's so many other opportunities out there. Uh, you have to be really confident mm -hmm. in, uh, in this one. So I wouldn't personally, I would, I'm not, yeah. not that interested either. Okay, so uh, I'm going to call that a sell. Um, it's not in the portfolio, so no, also because sentiment is now against them because a lot of uh, a lot of shareholders would be angry, angry, yeah, by the by by the first not accepting the the offer and then and then going for deeply diluting yeah. uh, equity raising. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to the last on the list before our halfway mark, and that is Collins Food. That's been picked by Dimitri. Dimitri, I do hope you're listening again, just to remind reminder that it's information only. It's not financial advice for your specific circumstances. So Collins Food, it's dealing with inflationary pressures. I know that City Rudy named that as one of the headwinds that it's waiting uh, to abate before it upgrades its rating. It's currently on a neutral. Um, look, KFC continuing to drive profits. I mean, do you treat yourself to chicken, if you call it that? Um, you know, in a time of an economic yeah. slowdown, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot riding on the fact that people will still treat themselves in this way, even if they're pulling back in other ways. What do you think? I believe he said that with a straight face. We um, we, we treated ourselves <laughs> to KFC in the office the other day, and I couldn't bring myself to eat it. So on that basis, look, I don't want Colin's food to get angry. Just, uh, no, I look, just, I know. it's disgusting. It's not uh, my just cup of tea. Jamie, Jamie uh, Oliver, just ask Jamie Oliver. Jamie it's Oliver. disgusting. It smelled good, but I wasn't. Good no offense it. to anybody out there. <laughs> no offense really if, if you like chicken. if you like deep fried chicken. Um, any company at the moment, everyone's facing cost increases, well-publicised labour, electricity, yeah. rents. So they're not alone. For their case, it's contracted input prices, mainly chicken. They say they've chosen not to pass it on to the consumer to keep the menu price low, and that's gained some material market share. Yeah. The question then becomes, can they pass on future price increases? Any company that cannot um, pass on input cost increases at the moment you want to avoid because their margins are going to crunch. And once we see that, stocks often sell off. So uh, if it is their choice um, to not put price increases through, then their margins are going to erode. We're going to see that in the earnings. The stock is at a void. Uh, if they can't pass them on because the consumer will switch to McDonald's or you know Wendy's, more and more brands coming to Australia, which someone will try, then they're going to lose market share. So margins will erode. Um, it, what we don't know is if they put prices up and they don't lose any volume, happy days, stock is a buy. I'm, I'm going to guess... Um, Price is a factor for their customer base, mm. and, and any price rises will be combined with maybe a Wendy's coming to Australia. You'll get some transfer. Um, Red Rooster, mm. there's other chicken brands if you want chicken. So I'm cautious on this one. I'm just going to call it a sell because I can't see them be able to put prices mm. up to keep mm. margins constant. Uh, material margin erosion is an avoidance. Um, if you can, I would avoid stocks that yeah. have got margins going down. Uh, Morgan's has it an, as an ad, rated an ad, because it says that it's looking cheap right now and that it's got both organic and inorganic growth prospects with new store openings and Taco Bell and everything to, as well. Uh, I was about to give the opposite. Uh, Wilson's, this is, this is Wilson's uh, favorite uh, stock for the, for the year ahead, or one of them. So Wilson's has taken the opposite view of, uh, of, okay. of Philip. They think that there are enough indications coming out of the out of the August reporting season to suggest that there's at least a dozen companies in Australia that will see margin increase for the year ahead. So the cost pressures are abating, and they've chosen uh, th this one, Collins uh, Foods, as their favorite for the just yeah. just as a so there is a there is an alternative scenario. Sure. Having said so. Here's, here's one from left field. I mean, um, the, the, the anti-obesity drugs that are coming out of Eli Lilly <laughs> and, uh, and out of uh, Novo Nordisk that are I mean, responsible for this heavy share price fall in, in, uh, in Westmed. Apparently, people who are on those pills, they go off junk food. Oh. So you can, you can draw a board there that if, 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 you, if you're supposed to sell down Westmed, how much should you sell down junk food? Okay. And the other thing with, with, with Philip said as well is um, uh, um, Domino's tried to increase their prices. 
and they got slapped by their by their by their clients basically who said like we don't like it so we we order less or we order elsewhere so you are you are right these companies cannot necessarily because one of the attractiveness of those people is of course like i mean it's a dollar here five dollar there but not ten dollars or twelve dollars or fifteen dollars that becomes too much for their for their typical audience so i would i'm not as negative as as, as um as the opposite of the table is here, <laughs> I'm going to put a hold on it. Okay. Um, also, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Wilson's is correct in their in their assumption. Yeah, because I was going to say you don't believe that weight loss drug thesis when it comes to ResMed. So why, Rudy, would you believe it when it comes to no, Colin's no, food? No, th- that's the thing is, I do believe that the the business potential of ResMed probably is impacted by those drugs. It becomes a matter of how much. Yeah. And, and ResMed now is down something like, I don't know, 37% or so in shares. That almost assumes that business case is almost down the toilet. Um, I, I'm not necessarily... Usually what we think, we run away with narratives. And, um, and usually those narratives, the way we price them in, are, are, are exaggerated. Yeah. Um, I'm not a betting man, but I, I'm willing to bet that the share price of ResMed is too low here. We know you think that, <laughs> if anybody, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Holland's Food, I'm just looking. Is it, is it the one that owns um, Donut King? Taco Bell. Taco uh, Bell. Taco Bell. Donut yeah, King okay. is Retail Food Group. That's right, that's Retail yeah. Food Group. No, it just reminded me, I was at the shopping center yesterday and there was a Donut King and I still it still floors me how much people are willing to pay for donuts. Anyhow. Oh, that surprises me definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, those, those, those drugs, by the way, they also uh, uh, keep, keep women from shopping. What? Yeah. Well, anyhow. They shop well, less. I have not read that. They shop less. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I don't know. All um, addictions go. All well, addictions go. <laughs> clearly, I'm not on them. So let's get a recap of what we've learned uh, the past half hour. And that is that um, there is a difference between Polynovo and Prometicus. So um, look, for Polynovo, Rudy actually has said it's a bit of a specky buy. There's no guarantee, but he's saying if you're interested in the story and you're looking for something in your portfolio that might give you, you know, some big upside, just allocate a very small amount. Beware of the risk, though. It's actually a soft sell, not the band, not tainted love for uh, Philip, but he's just saying that he's cynical by nature. Why is it releasing this to market ahead of its quarterly, which is just around the corner? So a little bit of a different view coming from the guys there. Actually, they disagreed quite a lot, which is good. Um, And then when it comes to ProMedicus, well, it's a strong hold and it's an aggressive hold from my guests. Um, they just wouldn't be buying it today because it's up. Well, last I checked, about 10% yet. Um, so look for a day where there's a market sell-off and, and you know even quality, quality um, tech names are being sold off as well. Yan Cole. It is a hold for Philip Pepe, but he would prefer Whitehaven. Uh, Rudy says, if you're the type that likes coal stocks, why would you go for one that's majority Chinese owned? Why wouldn't you go for one that's majority, uh, you know, run and uh, controlled here in Australia? So it's a sell for him. A2 Milk, it's a buy with a three year time horizon, purely on price um, for Rudy for A2 Milk. Uh, It's a sell though for Philip, what's your name? Yep, more risky competition. Thanks. Yesterday's news. Apologies. Beta shares. We heard a bit of a strategy chat around this one. Rudy holds cash, um, but just questions. You know, you've got to be really careful when you're getting yourselves into these products. Um, just how much you're paying for transaction costs and the rest of it. And Philip's not a big fan. Um, E-Road, it's a sell for both of my guests. Um, Looks cheap, Rudy says, but don't be tempted. And Colin's Food, you just told us, talk about it. Hold from Rudy, sell from Philip Pepe, from Sean Partners. So there you go, we're at the halfway mark. Let's just chat for a sec about the investment committee. Um, So going into September, we added Challenger. So we had to pull something out and the thesis for Paradigm Pharma was not uh, you know, going as expected. So we got rid of that one and uh, also sold a little bit of Altium and sold a little bit as well of Paladin. But you will see that we've got um, Pro- Polynovo in there already and Prometicus. So there you go. Uh, let's see how the portfolio is performing. It's up by 9.3% since we started tracking it. So keep your requests coming in and we will keep putting that show out and we drop it. It's the day of the RBA decision, the first Tuesday of the month. We'll get a new one together for you for then. Okay, coming up, we've got Liberty Financial Group, 
Select Harvests, Arise and Holdings, Super Retail, and Sky City Entertainment. Let's start though with Liberty Financial Group. It is the sixth stock and it's been picked by Stephen. Uh, Philip Pepe, Liberty Financial. Do you uh, like the diversified financials? I do. I like Challenger for one, okay. but um, I think the smaller plays are struggling. So Liberty focuses mainly on personal loans and auto loans. Mm. And we know from what a lot of the big banks are saying, net interest margins are compressing. And if you don't have the scale of the larger player, they're probably compressing more. And if you're a smaller player, theoretically, sometimes you have the higher risk customers than the larger players do. Having said that, default rates are holding up a lot better than a lot of analysts first thought. Uh, my concern is the sectors that they're in. Um, so let's take in, um, interest costs increases as a, as a, as a given. They'll, they'll have the margin compression that the major banks are doing. So um, that's one negative. Auto has been strong because you can't get the cars. Right, so supply is coming back on. You can now get your Tesla after waiting six months. Um, eventually, that'll slow. And as the economy slows, if it slows with home loans and rents increasing, the propensity for someone to buy another car is probably going to slow. Um, and people will probably look to um, pay down their personal loans, or if they can, switch it into one big home loan and retire all their debt. So, for me. I think their demand for their products will weaken into a slowing economy if that's where we're heading. Um, combined with um, reduction in net interest margin going forward, I think if you're going to play financials, play one of the major banks and avoid the smaller ones. So I'm going to call it a sell, not because I dislike it, just because I'd, I'd rather own a CBA or a Westpac um, yeah. rather than a smaller player. That chart was pretty terrible looking though, wasn't it really? Yeah, <laughs> that's what you get when, uh, when times change. Um, Rising bond yields and, and worries about the mortgage cliff in Australia will do that. Um, I mean, I, there's very little I can I can add to uh, to Philip's uh, conversation here. You have to be you have to be uh, comfortable with the risks. Um, the, the reward you're getting is is a, a above sized uh, yield mm -hmm. on the assumption that they don't have to cut it. Um, so again, <clears throat> I can see the same reasoning as why investors would now be saying you buy the banks. You have a three-year horizon, I mean. Um, the trend will not go downwards indefinitely, but you would have to admit that the risks are higher for a smaller player like Liberty than it is for, even for a dog like Westpac. Um, by the way, I'm not a big fan of, of, uh, of Challenger either. Everyone likes Challenger, but it just doesn't perform. I mean, <laughs> and um, um, so, <clears throat> I think you can hold it. You cash in the the yield. You you take the view that um, things will not turn out as bad as the market is now pricing in. Uh, that is a risk you're taking because you are essentially owning a a, a small financial uh, company with with not that much um, track record in the public because it only listed I think three or four years ago. Um, for people with a higher risk appetite, I would say, or for for those who like to like to cash in a high dividend and, and don't mind the risks attached to it. Mm -hmm. So that is a no-go? A, a weak hold. A weak hold, okay. We're all over this today. Select Harvest, almonds, okay. So let's get across this one for Evan, SHV is the ticker code. So almond milk, almond butter, almond everything. Is right? almond milk not just water with a little bit of flavor to it? I don't know. I don't really like no, it in coffee. No, However, that's no, just me. No, no. It's, um, it's just water. That's why. Um, I mean, with, with the very least with something like Liberty Financial, you can make some projections and forecasts and, and I mean, okay, you take a range or a band or whatever, but with almonds, my goodness, I mean, any forecasts made yesterday are already outdated a week later. Um, the one thing they have going for themselves is that they've had some really tough times and that's reflected in the share price. Um, at some stage, the, the armored market will recover and their, their profits will recover. Um, but it's, it's always a case of you never marry them, you just date them in the good times. Um, so the one thing you have to take into account now is that because the industry is under the pump, they, their profits are in, in the negative, 
at some point over the next two years or so, uh, that dynamic will change. Yep. It won't stay. It's only temporary. That's all. That's that's the character of those companies, what you see in the share price. So if you get them in the good times, you can see the peak can be really quite high if you start from the bottom. On that premise, a very highly speculative buy, I would say. Um, if you can't stomach volatility or you you don't have the patience, or you're, the share not, price you're not go lower, actively, don't go yeah. there. Don't go there. It's a small cap. It's it's unpredictable. They don't even know what the price of almonds will be in six months. Well, it time. depends on what's happening in California. You know, For example, it's not, everything's not under in, in and, their control. And, and, and in particular, modern times, how predictable is the weather? Yeah. Well, yeah. El Nino, anyone? Philip Pepe, do you see it differently for select harvest? Because almonds are, you know, in high demand. They are a thing. Um, perhaps we've seen some of the cost pressures peaking. You'd have to be nuts. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, I use that every time. Uh, th this is a, a sell for me. The problem I've always had with this stock in particular, it is a single stock commodity and the price is set in California, yeah. not in Australia. So we have the unfortunate situation at the moment. <coughs> shoot. Keep going. Is that there's an oversupply in California pushing the mm. share price down. Mm. And although their volumes in Australia were okay, mm. people kept telling me we're going into a drought, L, whatever we're up to. Uh, if that's the case, and I'm not convinced we are, but if that's the case, they could have the double negative in that prices are low because of oversupply in California, and then su their supply mm. production is low because of a drought in Australia. You just don't want to be in this stock. <laughs> when the reverse is true, you get those peak yes. share prices, yes. drought in California, yeah. prices high, oversupply here, fantastic happy days. We have the reverse of that scenario, yeah. so don't go anywhere near this stock until the California situation sorts itself out, because the uh, not the jaws, but the supply demand imbalance is in the wrong direction for a single commodity player. Not nothing they can do about it. The no. California price is the California mm -hmm. price. Uh, you just don't. The need only to thing be. that they do do is that they're not just purely selling the almonds; is that they've started to create their own products, you know, their own lines, all that kind of stuff. So, but anyways, I'm not arguing. I'm just. Pointing that out. Glazed almonds are still almonds. <clears throat> um, let's go to Horizon Holdings. That's the next on the list. And we do thank you, Dan, for writing in about Horizon. Don't have a lot of context around these stock picks today. So we will presume that you do not own it already. I will tell you quite a quite a difference of opinion from Morgan Stanley, which is underweight on the stock, to Macquarie, which hasn't outperformed saying that coal volumes were at record lows, but that we could see a recovery in coal volumes offsetting funding costs there. So it's, uh, yeah, it has um, retained its underperformed rating in the wake of earnings season, but it did cut its price target on the stock. Really. Morningstar absolutely loves it. It's, yeah. the, it's their favorite value call. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna ask the same question as I've been for years. What do a German Shepherd, Bernard, and a Kelpie have in common. They're all dogs. Yeah. Uh, this is a dog. Um, Thought I was made earlier too. Uh, I mean, it is, as I said, some of those value investors out there, they keep on promoting it as their value play. Um, they had to cut their dividends now a couple of times. They, it's a company in transition. I mean, they try to transition away from the heavy coal and, and do more bulk and other things that need to be transported via rail. Um, easier said than done. It's going to take years. It's going to take uh, investments. It's going to take disappointments, etc., etc., etc. If you're happy with with the payout of the yield and 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 you have low expectations, and maybe at some point there there might there might there might be a turnaround in the business, by all means. Um, but you won't find me on the register anytime soon. So I'm I'm just absolutely not interested. Um, you're not on the wagon. Sorry. No. Not jumping on that train. Not jumping on that train. You? I like what they're trying to do. I'm going to call it a hold because, as you said, polarizing views in analyst land on average, it's fair value, maybe 12% expected return. That's market, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, smart diversifying away, from diversifying away from coal, whether coal comes back or not, moving into bulks, we're always going to have bulks. They need to win some market share without discounting. Rail is more efficient, more greener than rolling trucks. So they have that going for them, which means there will always be customers trying to move away from fuel burning trucks into greener, um, hopefully not coal powered trains. Um, 
I do think the share price reflects where it should be. So it's, it's not a must-own stock. It's not expensive. There's no train no. coming at the end of the tunnel. No. The are endless. No. Um, I'll just call it a hold because it's in the right space. It just needs to execute uh, and it's fair value. So mm. I'll call it a hold. Okay, thanks for that. Let's get on to the next on the list. And this is a sector uh, that really divides opinion and that is the retail space. Ninth stock is super retail. This has been picked by Dom. Is Philip Super Retail a different beast than a lot of other retail names that, um, you know, perhaps more discretionary or is it all the same? You know, I mean, consumer the, pullback, you stop spending where you can. I guess that's the question. Um, I mean, they're in sporting goods, fishing, hiking wear and auto parts. Yeah. Um, are they non-discretionary? Auto parts? Auto Unless parts, you want to just soup up your car. If you're shopping there, you're doing your own service and repairs. When I was younger and had more time, I'd service my, my, my crappy car. Um, so if you're already buying from super cheap auto, it's because you need to. So mm. are we going to drive less? I doubt it. Are we gonna, if we all move to electric, that's the risk. Is that happening anytime soon? We'll see. Uh, as long as there are uh, petrol, gas, and cars, they'll have some demand. If, if you're a, if you're into fishing, which I'm not, if you're into exercise, which I am, there's repeat purchases. Like you've got to buy another mm. fishing hook, another fishing line. Uh, your shoes wear out. You got to buy more running shoes, more gym. So there is some recurring revenue nature of the business. What's interesting is their um, their camping business. Um, why does their name escape me at the moment? Um, Maxpack. Yeah, Maxpack. Um, now. I subscribe to all their websites. They used to pound you with discount, disc- that's kind of slow. Mm. So yeah, that's the bit where I think they're at risk because some of it is hol- holiday-based purchases and if we're traveling mm. less, then maybe you're not going hiking mm. in Blue Mountains or, or New Zealand. Um, they seem to be pricing more rationally. So they, they, took, they all took the margin hit for the year, but if margins can be sustained and their customers more resilient than first thought, it could look interesting. At the moment, we don't know, so I'm gonna call it a hold and be boring. Um, but it, it has um, stronger categories that fall into the repeat purchase category, non-discretion. If you're into running, your, shoe, your shoes wear out. Well, you're or if you have kids, I'm sorry, but Rebel Sports. Sport yeah. I have has, has got a lot of my money over the past yeah. few years when your kids are in sport. Like, yeah. And it is busy in yeah. the, those stores. Yeah. Um, so that's a hold. It's a hold. I'm gonna be a boring hold as well. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this one in the in the better retailer basket, mm-hmm. but uh, with the, yet another with, pun. But it's still, it's still a retailer. Um, so it 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 there's the high chances that it will outperform the rest of the sector on average, but it doesn't mean it will perform. And though there are some question marks there, um, they do pay a great dividend that's expected to be cut this year because they are under pressure. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the question, the, the reason why you would buy it, and that's why you can't put a buy on it, I think, is you don't know how low the sales and the, and, and the margin pressure will be in the year ahead. Um, it's easy to say, well, you take a long-term view, but I think longer term, that car servicing business, um, that, that's a big, that becomes an ever bigger question mark, I think. One of the reasons why I went off Babcor, which I think is one of the, uh, sturdiest, more reliable companies on the stock exchange is, but they, they don't service electric vehicles. So at some point, that will become a problem, and the market is that that that's why the market is is placing placing a discount on it because the market is waiting. What's your solution going to be? And they don't Hi-Fi. have a solution. Yeah. JB Hi-Fi used to sell CDs. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. think they still do sell CDs. But they and do DVDs. sell CDs. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good retailers switch. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Do they, do they sell vinyl these days? They I do think actually. They do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They do. So anyway, so I think it's a hold at best. You cash in the dividend and you 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 count on the fact that it won't be as bad as the market might be fearful of. But it's not necessarily going to be a, a great performer. We we need really need a turnaround in economic mm-hmm. dynamics there, and I don't think that's that's on the agenda anytime soon. All right, uh, let's get to the last on the list, and that is Sky Entertainment, and it is been picked by Emil. Thanks for watching. Thanks for requesting. Um, Rudy, I know that you're not overly enthusiastic about this stock list in general, but I can't see you being very enthusiastic (laughs) about Sky City Entertainment either. (laughs) What I find very comical about this industry is that it started with one of them, 
got really into trouble with the authorities and, and all these scandals yeah. came out. And then basically they, it moves on to the other ones and they were just as bad, yeah. all of them. So this one is the, the third one in the row now. And um, yes, the share price looks cheap, but it's just look what happened with Star Entertainment has to raise more more cash. It's it's all it's all about like is there more coming from the authorities? Are there more scandals coming? Are there more investigations coming? Is there more penalty? The New Zealand government might uh, I don't know. Um, so that uncertainty is now of course weighing over that share price. You have to be comfortable. I mean, of course, the share price looks cheap here because if if. If nothing untowards happens and, and it, it corrects at some point, you, may, you make a lot of profits. But is that the case? Curious to see what the star share price was when it first got announced and where it is today. <laughs> if, if, yes. if, if yeah. yeah, okay. So um, would you like Aristocrat? I own Aristocrat. Yeah, okay. So Aristocrat's got a lot of um, positivity this week. Aristocrat is still one of the prime growth stories in your Australian share market. And everyone always says you have to go in the, in the small caps. You go like, really? That's a top 20 stock. Yeah. It grows faster than most small caps year in, year out. It is still in a sweet spot. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it because it's at yeah. the end of the day, they call it gaming, but it's actually gambling. Yeah. Um, uh, but but admit it's they have done a remarkable job after their scandal in, in Latin America about two decades ago, and and the share price uh, reflects that. And in recent times, if I if I rely on on everyone who's 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 updated their thoughts on Aristocrat, there's more good news coming. All right, see, I knew I'd get a little reaction for Aristocrat from Rudy. <laughs> Philip, uh, let's stick with the the program though. Sky City Entertainment. Sell, sell, sell. sell. Once a regulator steps in, and once you hear the words um, <laughs> temporary ban in your license, <laughs> they, they, they don't ask questions, just, just mm. sell. If stock is a sell, uh, whatever happens, Again, look at what's happened in Australia as a lead example. I can't see new money rushing back in. Mm. Uh, it's just how, when will people exit? Will there be a raise coming? Yeah, it's um, mm. by aristocrat. By aristocrat. There you go, guys, leaving you with a bonus buy. We had those cells being handed out by Philip Pepe. <laughs> just like money. But anyways, hoping to help you is our goal. All right, let's just review Liberty Financial Group. It is a sell from Philip. Challenger, though, he does like. Rudy does not like Challenger. He calls Liberty a weak hold. Again, that would be on a, a three-year view, uh, knowing that this phase of the cycle that we're in, in terms of financials, won't last forever. Select Harvest, you would have to be nuts, according to Philip. It's a sell. Uh, it's a very highly specky buy from Rudy because it's depressed right now because the market dynamics are going against it. So when those dynamics change, you could be in for that upside, but I wouldn't call that a ringing endorsement. He says, never marry, just date. Horizon Holdings, it's a dog in Rudy's view. It's a sell, but it's a hold for Philip. He says it's a right space. They've just got to execute. Um, super retail, it's a hold for both of my guests. You can tell that they want to like it. It's just, it's still a retailer and there's a lot of unknowns. And then you just heard what they said about Sky City Entertainment. So that's it, isn't it? Um, that's the show for today. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to ausbiz.co, call picks, and a huge thank you to my guests, Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena and Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. I look forward to speaking with you both soon. And uh, for you, please don't go anywhere. We're gonna bring you across what's happening in the markets now, just after this very short break.